Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special edition of Here Sports Talk with the Guys. Of course, this is The Professionals. We've been on before. It's been a little while since we've been on, but there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports. Oh, heck, there's always a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports, but we're going to get to that tonight right now. I do want to welcome someone uh, who is uh, very dear to me, has been. I'm glad I met him back in I think it was, oh, I might uh, I might uh, give up our age here, but back in 1985, I believe it was. was Eight, it not? I think it's 85. You are right, Roger. Anyway, I do want to welcome Dre. Good evening. How are you? And this is your first official <laughs> visit with us. You've been on before, but um, yeah, you didn't, know, you didn't let me know it was you. <laughs> I did not let you know it was me. Try to sneak up on you. Thank you, Roger. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it's been a long time we've known each other. Uh, we've both been avid baseball fans since we knew human known each other in 86. And, uh, you know, for the topic today, we've definitely gone through a few since then. Oh, my goodness. Yes, we have. And we grew up at a time when there was a great deal of animosity between ownership and the Players Association. It was incredible. But I believe it was more that management – was or had the animus against the players because Donald Fear, when you and I were classmates, Donald Fear controlled the baseball world. Correct. Oh my God! As as I've commented on a few of my programs, uh, with the state of the Major League Baseball Players Association, we would not be where we are if Donald Fear were still in charge of the association. But it is what it is. And uh, I think we're going to get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, we have several people already in the chat room. Thank you for joining us. Let us know who you are and where you hail from. We'd love to know who's joining us this night. And if you want to join the program live with us, just uh, go ahead and comment the chat room, and we'll see if we send you an invite. But, again, this is the professionals, so we try to keep it to two or three topics, but it is open, and we are going to be talking about what, what most people know as the CBA, which is a collective bargaining agreement. And when you mention the CBA, we're talking baseball, right, Dre? Just, we that's are talking it. baseball. <laughs> yes. And uh, I remember a tiny bit of trivia, and I'm probably going to really get us all in trouble here, but back in our high school days, uh, we both Dre and I obviously were avid baseball uh, aficionados that we took it in many different ways. I, I was really envious and jealous of Dre because he had a computer baseball game at the time. And I forget which one it is. I found out which one it was. But even then, he was able to simulate games and seasons and stuff. And it was absolutely awesome. Whereas my baseball game was Status Pro Baseball. Remember that one, Dre? <laughs> but they were still very fun and very good. Oh, they, my it, goodness, kept, it was. They kept to the tone. We were, we were doing... Uh... You know, um, all the baseball analytics stuff before baseball analytics stuff actually came in to baseball, if you really think about it back then. We were playing Moneyball before Moneyball even started. <laughs> I did not think about it. You're right. You're right. I, I humbly uh, acquiesce to that. Dre, I will never forget when we began our league, it was either eight or ten classmates. We decided to compete. We all drafted our favorite teams. And we took from a – actually, okay, I'm jumping ahead. But when the league started, 
there was a pool of players that were left open. And I thought of the great idea that we should draft from those players. And apparently we had our first strike. (laughs) Remember that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And it became contentious. It was, oh, my goodness. It was fun. But, folks, what I'm alluding to, actually, is the moment we began the season, Dre had a media announcement. Do you remember what it was? Oh, I sure did. <laughs> Would you rekindle, please? I thought it was actually I, I will. I will rekindle. So, you know, my, my favorite baseball team, and still to this day, is the, and it was at that time, the California Angels. Yes. Which they've now had a couple name changes. <laughs> yeah. And I really hated the uh, general manager at the time. And my first uh, order of business as being the new virtual owner was to can the then general manager by the name of Mike Port. Gone out the door because his moves are really stupid and lame. And he needed to go. (laughs) It was absolutely hilarious. It was moments before the league began play. And Dre makes the announcement as owner of the I'm Angels, taking over. The first decision. Mike Port, he's out of here. I never forgot that. I've actually mentioned that once or twice over the years here on Sports Talk with the guys. And it, it's 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 interesting the things you remember. I know it was Fausto Sierra Peniche, who, well, at the time, Fausto Peniche, yeah. uh, Albert Placencia, of course, yourself, um, uh, myself. I know Bernardo was in it. I don't recall who else was in the league, but we had like eight. Or we 10. had a good number. I don't remember though. It's been so long. Wow, too long. There, there were a few others. Yes, and uh, it 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 was fun. Status Pro Baseball was a card slash board game, I guess, and uh, it was a fun game. But it was based off of real statistical analysis from the previous year. It was yes. really the precursor to the computer baseball simulation games that were coming around at the time um, on the various platforms. And really those, those games just took the card versions of the games and put them into a computer format, which then you could start running full season analytics based off of the statistics that were in from the previous year. Yes. Uh, there is no doubt that Dre and myself were and are uh, mavens when it comes to statistics. We would spend our time going over the box scores in the newspapers, and we just followed our teams with a passion. I, I have to tell you, and Dre knows this now because we've been friends on Facebook for some time now. I didn't admit it back then, but I'm an Angel fan. I'm a Dodger. I watch uh, those games. And Dre, I don't, I don't know how long it's been since you've been to an Anaheim game. But let me tell you, it's changed. It used to be very difficult to get in and out of Anaheim and easy Dodger Stadium, and now it's reversed. Yeah, it's it's been it's been that way for for quite some time. Uh, I will admit that I was at an Angel game this past season during um, the COVID time when it was yes. only about a thirty percent capacity, and it was actually yeah. really nice going to the games with. You know, about 30% of the fans there, everybody's social distance. I felt very safe uh, at the time, and I went with a group of friends. It was uh, – we, we definitely enjoyed ourselves, and the Angels got a W that night. Oh, heck yeah. As a matter of fact, my brother who's commenting, he mentioned ColecoVision, but we had in television. 
uh, that was the one thing. And there's another story there, but I may irritate uh, one of my uh, one of my classmates. Uh, but in my class, I ended up being the best player of Major League Baseball for the Intellivision Baseball. <laughs> I did. I uh, <clears throat> I beat Tony Calvano one to nothing. <laughs> I'll never forget that. The only one I'll never forget is Atari Baseball, which was the graphics were oh, just horrendous. And if you pulled back down on the joystick and hit the ball, it would go out of the park half the time. And I think we found that out on accident. They were fun games. They were. Absolutely fun. Uh, compared to what we have now, it's just unbelievable. Going yeah. from that to the NES, then uh, the 64 and the GameCube. Yeah, it's amazing. But uh, this is cool, Dre. I'm I, My brother, I'm so happy. I... You and I could probably bore our audience at infinitum. We could. Yes. I I think, you know, to kind of segue into what we want to talk about. Yes. You know, we've known each other for quite some time. Our love for baseball was there when we met in 85. Um, The 94 strike really tore my baseball heart out. Um, Losing the World Series that year, um, not having any baseball during that time, which you know, for, for many of us, you know, what was a way to escape. It was, you know, I, I would do my homework listening to the ball game at night or having it on the TV, you know, while I was doing other things. It was that thing that just, you know, was enjoyable. It was relaxing. Um, you know, I wasn't out on the streets, you know, creating havoc um, like other people may have been doing. And that strike happened, tore my heart out. I did not really get into baseball again until the tail end of the, of the year when the Angels got to the World Series. And that's how much damage that strike did to me as a fan and the love of baseball. And I know that I was not alone. Dre, you you held out for a lot longer than I did. I did not attend a game until 96. In 95, I did not go. It, it ripped my heart out as well. And... You you held out to 2002. Wow. Till 2002. I found a love for the game of football, which is today is my is my primary love for the sport. Um, I still do have a love for baseball, but it's not the same as it used to be because of that strike. And that, you know, through time, I think those, those wounds heal. And I've gotten, again, back more and more into baseball. But I can tell you that if there is another strike, it's just going to take me back, you know, or another lockout, let's say. It's really not a strike. They are lockouts, and they're they're two different things, but they are, in essence, the same thing. Um, you know, that it'll it'll just, you know, it, we, we lose a bit of more spirit off of the game. And, you know, I think it's important to, to even discuss and to let's talk about what this lockout is really about. And... In my mind, I don't think Major League Baseball nor the players can afford to go on a lockout for uh, a long period of time. There, there's two, I think, contending factors uh, at the end of the day. First off, it's all about money. Yes. In some way, shape, or form, it's all about dollars. The players want more dollars. The owners want to retain the dollars that they have. Um, that's what it really is going to come down to, and there are various um, factors, you know, in there on how they want to get paid, you know, more dollars. 
But in the grand scheme of things, thinking about what we are currently all in, what we've gone through almost for two years with this COVID-19 virus, we've had significant reduction in baseball games, not this past season, but the previous year, which means that players, you know, the revenues down because obviously fans haven't been in the stadiums or at full capacity, you know, outside maybe what, Roger, maybe the second half of this year, roughly, or three quarters of the year, you know, that they've had full capacity. So revenue has been down and they cannot afford from a monetary perspective, both sides to go out that long on a lockout slash strike. Um, they have to come to some sort of agreement. In my mind, I would hope, um, you know, where both sides are going to have to give a little and come back, you know, and let's and let's have baseball. But there are some really strict guidelines and timeframes that this has to happen on. I mean, the reality is they probably baseball probably has about 30 to 60 days to get a deal done. If they don't start getting a deal done in that time frame, we're going to start seeing some big milestones and some things not that are not going to happen. Now, I believe if I'm right, the strike, the lockout's going to start in 45 minutes. In less than an hour. That's in less than an hour at, yes. at midnight Eastern Standard Time. And yep. what that's going to mean is whatever signings have not happened until that point, all those players will stay free agents and there will be no more transactions and no more signings. That's correct, folks. It it will not be a strike per se, as Dre made very clear. I'm just adding to it now. Folks, most of us know what it is. Some in our audience do not know. The lockout will be management saying we have no agreement. There is no CBA, collective bargaining agreement. So there is nothing happening. No deals, no meetings, no conversations other than the bargaining groups. But baseball will come to an end. And this is the first one uh, or the first date on the calendar. As Dre mentioned, uh, there is a time frame of 30 to 60 days. And if you look at the calendar... 30 days December, 60 days January. This is where it gets serious. On or about February 1st, that's where they start forming spring training. But I believe the real day, and and correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, because it is, pitchers and catchers always report a week early. So we're looking at February 15th. But the real day is February 1st. Because Correct. That's that's when they announce the 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 commencement of spring training. But so, we're also what we're also going to see though is some important milestones to get there could potentially be canceled. Rule five draft. Yep. Canceled if they don't get it done in time. Yes. Trades can happen, but they will not be consummated until there's a collective bargaining agreement by both sides. Yes. Uh, Dre, good evening. I do want to welcome uh, Almighty. Almighty, thank you for joining us this evening. Part of the professionals. Thank you, young man. I know it's rather late for you, but thank you. Uh, yeah, I thought I'd be in for a few minutes. I thank you, young man. As but, you know, we are but, already into the collective bargaining agreement. We're yeah, actually going over the timeline. So please jump in and join us on this. Dre, continue that one. You mentioned the Rule so 5 draft. Rule 5 draft. Like, that... Isn't that tomorrow? That is, I believe, in January, if yes. I'm correct. That's in January. It's going to be in January. Matt, well, which is... Matt, well, I'm sorry. I... 
Oh, no, no. wait, gentlemen, oh, no. Ahead. That's December 9th. Rule, it, the uh, Rule 5 draft is December 9th. Is it? I thought it was tomorrow. I I, I aired. So that, so that is something that is going to potentially be missed if they don't make an agreement in time. I thought today was a little discouraging. I think it was probably around noonish today that both sides left the table and they weren't going to get back together today. Oh, and, I missed that. And that, that was a, a bit of a disappointment. Now, to not get into full detail, in my professional life, I am on the side of management. So um, I do have union employees that, that report to me and that I work with. So I am very familiar with how these negotiations and contract discussions go down, as well as I know Roger is very familiar from the other side of the fence uh, a little bit on this. And, you know, the, re the reality, you know, in these negotiations is no one's going to get everything that they want. My, my, you know, the way I look at negotiations is either you, if everybody feels like they lost, then it was probably fair. If everybody feels as they, they though they won, then it was probably fair as well, you know? Um, and, and that's hopefully what both sides are going to have to get to some agreement on. They're never going to agree on everything, but, you know, can the players get, you know, two to three things in that they want, you know, instead of, the, let's say, the six topics that they want? You know, that might that might be a win for them. But one thing that I have found, you know, really interesting that isn't really being talked about with the CBA that's been kind of a little bit of a black eye for baseball this past year is, um, you know, how the minor leaguers are treated. Oh, and yes. and that's that's something that's not in discussion here and really should be in discussion here with the players, because most of those guys you know, have all come through the minor league systems. They've gone through that. And, but however, we all know that not every minor leaguer makes it to the major leagues. But didn't ownership approve some raises for the players to make the living conditions a little bit better earlier on this year? I mean, I don't know yes. if it's a big improvement or not, a little but, bit. I know, but I know that they tried. Uh, I don't know. Was, I don't know if it was good enough, but I know that they made a, they just make a gesture just, just to make people happy or, they did because, and, and forgive me, I don't have all the details on that one right now, but remember, okay, we saw the footage, four players in we one room. Yep. Oh, yeah, we all we saw all, it. We all saw it. Yeah, and it was unreal. Uh, Dre, you and I, and Almighty, we, we had an idea because we'd heard stories where you have four, five, six guys rent a home together. Mm -hmm. So we we knew that, and it was always traumatic when someone would have to go somewhere else, get straight or whatever. It was always in flux. And we, we've heard some of the stories. We've seen Bull Durham. It's You get a tiny taste of what minor league life is. And baseball, coincidentally enough, said that is the movie that represents baseball best, mm -hmm. coincidentally enough. But, uh, yes, we saw those images. And... I do know that baseball did change it where the teams have to have a room per player now. So I know that was changed. And something along the lines of food for the players. You know, Dre, what I didn't know, and Almighty, is I didn't know that these players were actually starving. That, yeah, that I didn't oh. know until I heard it. I mean, between the room and board and that they were trying to live off of, you know, bologna sandwiches all week. I mean, how can you get somebody in the correct physical condition when that conditioning a is a big part of the game? 
You know, I mean, you should be having nutritionists feed all those players. And and the food being paid for by the teams. Yes. If you were if you were playing collegiately, which if we look at the collegiate level as really being an auxiliary minor league system for baseball or for football, their food and their room and board is taken care of and they don't get compensated. Uh, I agree. I agree. Folks, not yet. Uh, not yet. <laughs> Correct. Right. Yes. That's another topic of another discussion. That is, that is true. But, Which, you know, and, and, yeah. I, and I have been very upfront that I believe the college athletes should get paid. The, the universities are making a ton of money off of them, but that's another topic for another day. That's fair. And I think we will uh, we will revisit that one because there has been monumental changes in the last six yeah. months. And they're still being worked out. Uh, we who are in California know the the assembly bill that passed. That's one. Yep. And then uh, I'm not sure, but there there's other things that have happened. But that will be another topic for another day, gentlemen. As I mentioned, or as Dre did as well, CBA expires now in about 35, 36, 37 minutes. Okay, it's it's going to happen. They're not even meeting. It's done. The winter meetings. They're not going to happen, right? It's next week. Yeah, we're going to be in Orlando, Florida from uh, December 6th to the 9th. They're not going to meet. I am assuming they're not going to meet now, but I yep. don't know. And it, it's crazy. Uh, the, the only activity we're going to get is the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame announcement on January 20th. But, but as Dre mentioned, we have the Rule 5 which I already have it on calendar. And I may be wrong, but I have it as December 9th. It, it may be. It may be. But we have the arbitration, which now begins yep. in January. This yes. is the 60-day window that you were talking about. I'm not sure if you got that, Almighty. There are significant dates. Dre, one of the first things Dre said was, it's 60 days. They have to resolve it because come February 1st, that's the start, basically. It's, it's really the start of the season. And then this year, we have opening day on Thursday, March 31st. So it, it's now, a shortened schedule. Uh, it is. Window. And now I, I'm, I'm planning on meeting a good friend of mine who lives in Chicago, a big avid baseball fan, a Red Sox fan, born and raised in, uh, in Boston. And we were planning on taking a trip this um, spring to actually go to the spring training facilities. And I honestly, as of right now, don't know if that's going to happen. Forgive me, Dre. Was that going to be down here in Arizona? Arizona. Or on the other? Oh, wow. Arizona. We were going to meet up in Arizona and go take a look at, go to the Halos uh, training facility and hit a bunch of the other ones in the area. It's something that I've wanted to do, but my primary, in addition to the role that I have with my employer now, I'm, I'm a tax preparer. I, I, January through April, I'm done. There's nothing I can do. That's why, as ba as the tax season is ending, baseball is coming into my life, which mm -hmm. I absolutely love. Can't say the timing is perfect, but it works. But arbitration uh, is the arbitration deadline is January 14th, and then on the 15th. We have Major League Baseball international signing season opens. Yep. So there is a lot going on. There's a lot of milestones that happen. What a lot of folks don't realize 
during this off season of baseball that though there are no games, the business of baseball continues. And there are several different things that happen that'll affect all the teams to get ready for the opening of, of spring training. And we may lose that. And what's going to happen when we lose that? Well, Dre, Almighty, if we go by what we have seen when there have been significant lockouts or strikes, however, players get hurt. Remember yep. that one year, Dre? I think it was right after 88. Maybe not immediately after 88, but remember Oral Hershiser? Oh, yeah. He went down, and he was not the only one. There were others. Nope. And we see this happening in every sport, um, whether it's a lockout or whether it's a single player that's on a holdout because they want to receive more, more money. They want a new contract and they hold out. When they don't go through the proper preparation and the proper off-season conditioning that they're supposed to go through, you see major injuries happen, knee injuries, arm injuries, etc. They become really commonplace. How can it be that, and I'm throwing this, it's more rhetorical, gentlemen, but almighty, think about this. We've been posting everything on the Sports Talk with the Guy page on uh, Facebook of all these signings. In the last 24 to 48 hours, gentlemen, $1 billion dollars worth the contracts have been handed mm -hmm. out in the last 30 days 1.5 billion baseball has gone from a 2 billion revenue sport about 2004-2005 to in excess of 10 billion dollars in revenue today now oh i i i apologize 2019 because we did talk covid yep uh covid did affect the numbers and uh, let me throw this number out at there before I forget it. In uh, over the last year, year and a half, baseball lost, or Major League says teams lost 2.4 billion in 2020 because of the pandemic, while players lost two thirds of their salary. So the money's there, but they got to go out and get it. Mm -hmm. They got to play. There's got to be an agreement. So, and this is one of the, the areas I think that's a, a bit of a contention for the players because what you're seeing with the players that are getting the money is this is like their second or third contracts. So it's taking them later to get the money. In fact, they're almost getting the money for previous performance because they're not going to perform at that level at that point in time or to the future. They're almost getting paid for past performance. And so one of the issues of the players is that they want to pay bigger dollars earlier in their careers. Uh, one, of the, one of the gripes that the players have is what happened to Chris Bryant. Remember Almighty? Yeah. We talked about this several years ago where Chris Bryant. He's not the only one that that's, that's happened to recently. No, he's not. And to bottle it real quick, what really drove the players mad is there's no such thing as a sure thing in baseball. But there are a few players that do look, they feel, taste, smell, whatever. Chris Bryant was one of them. Yep. And what did the Cubs do? 
They kept him down until sometime in May, and then they brought him up, which was, I believe the baseball world, and I'm generalizing here, the baseball world felt the guy should have been there on opening day. What were the ramifications of that? Instead of having him as a six-year, yep, yep, it became seven years. Correct, because his year of service did not start until Until May. Yep. And it just, it it was infuriating to the players. And over the years, and uh, I've stated that the players are acting as if they're being schnookered. I've used this word a few times. You've heard that already, Almighty, where they're acting like little children because they're mad that management is beating them on every level. Before you came in, Almighty, I mentioned a Dre that had Donald Fear still been in charge of the Players Association, the players would still be having the larger pot. Yeah. Let me tell you, Clark, Tony the Tiger Clark, (laughs) he has failed the Players Association. But, Dre, there's give and take. There There has been give by the players. They gave too much, though, didn't they? They probably gave too much, at least... They were smart enough to not do what the NFL players union did, which was do a 10-year contract and be stuck in it. Now, at least Tony Clark got them in, what was it? It's a, it was a five or six-year deal at the last five. deal now, yeah, five-year deal, you know, so that they, they can come in and renegotiate. But, you know, if I had a son today that was a multi-sport athlete, football, baseball, basketball, let's talk about the the three big sports. I would encourage them today to go be a baseball player because that's where they're going to get the biggest top dollar and they will have the longest longevity of a career. NFL contracts are not um, non-guaranteed unless you negotiate a guaranteed portion on that contract. And the NFL has an acronym of not for long for a reason. Very very you know can be a very brutal sport for for athletes basketball and baseball are really similar and close there's a lot of big money being thrown around um but you have greater chances of making a baseball team with bigger rosters than you know you do for uh, a basketball team yes and and that's where i think there's going to start getting a lot uh, influx of younger talent and you know that that's that's where we're gonna go with this. Is again, they want to make more money earlier on in their careers because the money may not even be there for most of the players toward the end of their careers. You know, the Max Scherzers, those the big dollars we're seeing. You know, um, the rest of those folks that have signed so far this year, um, those are really the anomalies. Those are not really the ones that we're talking about. Um, who are fighting for something. It's really the middle tier, those mid-tier players, where the majority of those players are at that are really trying to fight for getting a bigger part of the pie. Um, you know, and the other thing that's going to be interesting and be involved in this, and I am at heart really a baseball purist. Um, I really haven't agreed with all of the recent rule changes some people like the extra inning rule with the man on second. I'm not really about that, um, which gets into this one. 
the National League going with a designated hitter. That's going to be part of this collective bargaining agreement on what's going to happen. Are they going to go with the DH in both leagues? Now, I do believe that the DH rule may need to change a little bit and adapt because Shohei Otani completely blew the glass ceiling off on being in an American League team, being able to pitch and hit. You know, we haven't seen that since, what, Babe Ruth? And you even know, then, to that extent? Right. Uh, it, look, we can discuss that one on another day. But in his one full year, and folks, let's remember that. this He finally put it together. A lot of people thought he could do this, and he didn't for several years. I, for one, said, hey, let's see what he does over a year. And he, oh, my goodness, did he deliver. I was there at one of the games. As you know, I traditionally on Facebook, the first batter, I always play it live. And Shohei Otani delivered, I think, on the third or fourth pitch. Hit it out of the park. Wow. I mean, he, he had a wonderful, wonderful season. Is he the greatest player? Oh, please, stop it. Stop no. it. Stop it. But did he have a fine, fine season? Oh, yeah. Forget the hitting. Look at what he did pitching. Wow. And that's, and that's what we haven't seen. Now, maybe we have to have some yeah. adjustments in the rules for what you do with somebody like that. Because why should you have to have a designated hitter for him as a pitcher? Or why should you lose the designated hitter position, you know, because he's going to be in the lineup? And maybe that just one has to happen. But, you know, I, I'm not necessarily for doing a DH in both leagues. I think that's what separated both leagues is really being a difference maker. And it's part of what was really exciting to me, you know, come the World Series to see who's the better team or even in interleague play. Who's the better team? Who can win on each other's rules? If yes. an American League team can go into a National League team park and beat them in the National League team's rules, you know, that, that held some weight for me. Same as if a National League team can walk into an American League park and beat them at their own rules. Yeah, because, folks, it's, it's a bit more complex. And I don't know, Almighty, I think you were in on some of these conversations that we had. I always felt the American League teams were at an advantage because they had the DH. And even though they went to the National League park, they still had that bona fide hitter on the bench. It always gave them an extra gun. Everyone said, oh, well, the National League can put anyone in the DH. Yeah, but you don't have a bona fide regular to assume mm -hmm. that role. So yeah. I always felt the American League had an advantage. And if you look at the numbers over the years, the American League does have an advantage in interleague play. But Dre, almighty, I have felt that ever since they've gone on this new schedule for five, six years now, there is no American there is no national, hence 16 teams, oh, I'm sorry, 15 teams have an advantage over the other 15 teams because of the DH. Mm -hmm. It's an unfair advantage. But you know, gentlemen, uh, Dre, I, I don't know what your opinion is, but almighty, I've heard it's a done deal. It's just a formality, right? It's going to be a DH across. And that'll be too bad. Oh, because, I mean, the National League has won the World Series with, you know, with the American League rules, so I don't know. But oh, yeah. I, I, I agree with you, Roger. It, it 
separates the American League and the National League. It makes them two different leagues. Now they're just going to be one big happy league. And, you know, now they're all – that's what I feel about it. It's just there's not going to be a difference. I mean, it's not like football where they're just one big happy family sharing this big pot of gold TV money. This is, you know, these are two different leagues. They're they're separate. Almighty, where you are – I'm sorry, I cut you off. Where you are in Ohio, you're close to Pittsburgh. You're close to uh, the Guardians now, and Cincinnati is further away. But did you did you attend games at Cleveland and in Pittsburgh? No. Okay. I, never got a, I, I, I haven't had a chance to do that. And they, I mean, I know that they play interleague play now because Pittsburgh wanted to because Cleveland was closer, and so they wanted they wanted to do that. But I have not seen that happen, and I haven't been to a Cincinnati Reds game. But I have watched the National League on TV. So I know what happens when a pitcher bats. So well, that, but, that's where I'm going. And I was gonna tell you guys that when you go to a game, that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The pitcher batting, you know, the 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 oh my god, well, the, the the switch. Oh my goodness, guys, I'm forgetting what it is. Uh, the two for one. When we went to San Francisco, Gimo and I, when we went in uh, October on the second to last day, I mentioned to my daughter. Oh my goodness, we're probably going to see a, t- a two for one. And she gave me a blank stare. I was like, okay, I failed as a dad, number one. <laughs> that I didn't explain <laughs> to her what a two for one was. But I had to, and I was unable to explain. And the situation didn't happen anyway. But I'm like, my goodness, guys, when you go to games, especially in the last yearly games, the two for that, you're talking the game. And that's going to be lost. Mm-hmm. It's gone. And it's never going to come back. And it's just a shame. The I, I believe the DH is going to come to pass. But the issue that may, one of the other issues that we're talking about is how the owners are taking advantage of the players by the number of years. The players want the yep. number of years reduced. And the owners wanted to go by age. Did you hear about that, Dre? I did. They wanted to be 20, not not years of service. Correct. Because they're going to start bringing these kids up because now they're coming up earlier and earlier and earlier. Now you're you're getting a high school kid that can make it into the major leagues before they're 20. That was a rarity. That was a rarity. It's now becoming the norm. And so what the owners are trying to do is to create longer control on these players by doing that and you know if the player is good the player is good and the player deserves their money but don't they have to stop looking at these players when they're 14 and 15 instead of i mean they start you know yeah watching these players when they're that young they're they're watching these players when they're in middle school that's what i'm trying to say in high school yeah i mean they're they're they're, they're probably at twelve. They're scouting them at twelve. You know, yes. and before yeah, and before you know it, they're gonna be scouting them during T-ball. And yeah, you know. but you're right, and so that's why they sign them young because they they're afraid they're gonna let this this guy they've been watching for six years get away. I I guess I don't know, but they've okay, been doing now, that. But- and the, and then what do you do with like the Albert Pujols of the world? You know, when they're when we're going and recruiting these these kids, you know, overseas. And Pujols is probably like 54 because, you know, they've doctored their birth certificates. No one really knows how old they really are. 
<laughs> we talked about that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, what do you do there? Yes. Uh, what are you going to do? But now, guys, remember, they're signing the international kids because in the United States of America, 18, baby, it's still yep. 18. So it is, oh, my goodness. I, I, I'm not going to talk about political dimension here and stuff, but it's crazy. They're signing international kids young. I'm not sure the exact age. I believe it's 16 where they can officially sign them to a deal, but they cannot uh, be on the field until they're 18. Yeah. International as well as American players. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, as we started the show off, Roger, is that management and the owners are trying to hold on to as much revenue as they can. They want to make as much money as they can. And on the other side, that's the same thing as the players. And so if they can control added years of service or added years of, in regards to age, that's the win-win for, for the owners because they're going to have control over salary for a lot longer time frame, thus making more revenue. You know, or on the other side of the coin, they don't want the players making bigger money earlier because it's going to come out of their pockets. Now, isn't part of part of the reason that I mean, uh, like not stuff like football where all the teams share the revenue equally? So, wouldn't small tier teams want to keep this thing low because they can't afford it? Uh, I mean, okay. it's not 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 everybody's like the Yankees and several other teams that can just sign anybody they want to. Okay, no, no. now interesting. Now that's another thing that we'll get to in a moment. But did you know, Almighty, that uh, when a team visits, well, duh, it fifty percent of the of the gate is uh, it's split down the middle. Say the Yankees come over visit the Angels, mm -hmm. they get fifty percent of the tape. The Angels get the other, and that that happens in all of baseball. Yep. That's one. They have the national contract, which is also shared, and then they have what is it's not the. Uh, the, uh, well, the memorabilia, all the jersey sales, right, and as that well as is shared, shared. yes, shared. Uh, is that shared now, among the teams? Is all that shared among the teams? The, the jersey sales? Yes, yeah, that is. I did uh, not. And, I did not. And, know and amongst with the players as well, I believe. Uh, that I mean, is and, correct. Uh, yeah, and they get it. They get it. That's why you got to pay a hundred and some yeah. dollars for a jersey that only costs ten bucks. Yeah, because every everybody's getting their piece of that pie. Right. Now I, I didn't I didn't know they shared it. I mean I didn't know there was any kind of revenue sharing with people. Oh, baseball. there so is sharing, but yeah. there's a lot of not sharing. Yes. Okay. Okay. L let's go back to another thing that I wanted to uh, emphasize is for the longest time we had the perennial teams that never spent money. You yeah. had Miami, of course. You had the Marlins, even the Twins for a short while, and there were other teams that couldn't. But now they've gotten up. Major League Baseball. Believe it or not, and Dre, I think you read this, so backstop me on this. The maximum or where the luxury tax comes into play, it's about 210 or 220 million. Baseball wants to reduce that to like 189, but they want the minimum brought up to 100 million. But they're using collective memory. The reason why I say that is because. There were quite a few teams that were under $100 million. When you look at who's under 100 I think it's like four teams now. That's it. That's so, all. So let's look at let's look at what, what that is called or what everybody looks at is it's also called tanking. Oh, yes. Okay. 
what a lot of teams have done recently is completely tanked. They've wiped out their entire payroll that they've had less than 100, 100 million in payroll. And they're just going to tank and lose as many games as possible so that, you know, they can get higher draft picks and start rebuilding their service. Under and this, then, never mind. That's going to no, say, no, well, go ahead, Almighty. Well, I was going to say that started with basketball. I mean, they've been tanking for a long yeah. time. And you, and so now it's trained over to baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I just know, I'm not really quite sure if it happens in football yet, but. Well, football, ironically, what most people don't realize. They have their cap, and I study the the salary cap. That's been one of my um, over the last several years. It's been one of my uh, my hobbies is to really study salary cap and football. Yes, salary cap. They have a hard salary cap in football. Unlike the luxury tax, it is a hard cap. You cannot go over the cap. Hard cap. Right. They Here. also have a very high floor. Which is why, and this last week in football is a great example of it, that football's gotten to a point where there's a great sense of parity. That most of the games this past weekend were decided on the last possession of the game. And so the question to ask is, is that where baseball really wants to go into having parity? And because baseball hasn't had a lot of parity in a long time because you have your your really affluent cities with your really affluent te- big market teams. And then you have your small market teams. And that's why I've, I've always had to tip my hat to, to Bill Bean and the Oakland A's because they have always been a small market team that have been always, almost always able to put out a very competitive ball club year in and year out with, really a, a, a reduced salary, but they really put out a good product. Better scouting, uh, better analytics. They understood. Mm-hmm. They knew what they wanted. And they, well, hey, they were desperate. They had to compete. Folks, Moneyball, there are issues with the movie. It's not 100%. But if you want to get a great feel for what we're talking about, Moneyball's phenomenal. I've read the, seen read it the, a few times. Read the book. Uh, yeah, you'll get a better understanding. You'll get a better understanding if you read the book. Yeah, the 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 book, and I thank you for that, Almighty. I have to find my version. I have it right here somewhere. But the only one, unfortunately, I see right now is the Red Book, the Jose Canseco vindicated one. I don't know why that one stands out. I don't know why. I'm sorry. At least he was honest. He was honest. He didn't lie. He told everybody. You know what? Yep. I I tip my hat to Jose Canseco. A lot of people may not like him. But you know what? He was honest about it. He came clean, unlike Paul Merrow and um, a few of those other people trying to get into the Hall of Fame, which I don't think they will. McGuire himself. And uh, Dre, I don't know if you ever heard my argument, but there were a lot of people that said, hey, hey, it's a God-given talent. Even if they took steroids, they had to hit the ball. I I, I hear that. Okay. My argument, and I think Almighty's heard this, I said, wait a minute. It is does change the game. And in the case of McGuire, remember, McGuire said he couldn't play the game anymore. It got to the point that all of his teammates were, oh, you're hurt again, you're hurt again, you're hurt Mm -hmm. again. It's like, whatever. And he got to the point where he couldn't play. He admitted it. And he said he began to take steroids and he was able to play the game again. So, Mm -hmm. folks, out of his own words, without steroids, he could not play the game. 
it altered it. HGH, which, by the way, did you hear baseball stopped testing for HGH? What? (laughs) Yes. All of last year and the previous year, due to COVID, baseball stopped testing for HGH. They will now go back to testing for HGH. Next season, if they play one? If they play one next season. That, That just came out along with What's this deal about using different baseballs? Oh, right. In this last year, folks. And if I was part of the CBA, I would be like, you're not mixing any baseballs. We're going with the same thing all the time. And, folks, what happened last year, what we're talking about is you had your regular season ball and then you had a playoff ball. What the hell is that? What is that? I, I was stunned when I heard it. Go ahead, Almighty. What's the difference besides the logo on the on the on the leather between a regular season baseball and a playoff baseball? The winding I mean, around the core. Oh, really? Wow. One that... bounces one bounces more and then less than the other. Which, which one means bounces one more? One pops more off the bat. If we and you know we get into the discussion about everybody using that you know that spider tack. Oh yeah, yeah. Now oh we've discussed there, that one. There is. A friend of mine who I every few months have a cigar with, yes, whose son is now a World Series champion. Congratulations! And a left-handed pitcher for the last year's World Series champion that I shall remain nameless. Sure. And we talked about that spider tack. And if as soon as MLB started enforcing checking for the spider tack and it was gone spin rate of the balls went down. Yes. Strikeouts went down. Yes. When the spin rate went down. If you're going to be changing the ball, that to me is just as egregious as using stick'em. Yes. Now, I've gone on to great pains to explain why Bauer was a liar when he did that thing on TV, when he said, this is what the talc does. Look at how it's sticky. He is, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, folks, the powder that the pitchers mound, it does not have that effect. Neither and does pine tar. Okay. Pine tar doesn't even have that effect. And they complained about Necro. I, I don't, you know. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, well, that's a different story. Yeah. It is. It I is. saw the file fall out. Okay, we all well, saw the file yeah. fall out. I saw a yeah. lot of stuff fall out of his it's, pocket when he's with the Indians. That was funny. And we it saw was it funny. live, It was too. funny. It was funny. Was you know, so a little sandpaper, that... you know, whatever. Was that it, here in Anaheim? That was or there that... in Anaheim where it, where, was, where, where was it came this? out. When it yep. came out. And it was very clear. In fact, a friend of mine was at the ball game and saw it fall out. Wow. That so is crazy. It's very, it, you know, but everybody in every sport, you know, there's there's been a saying, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And I think in every sport, um, every athlete is trying to get a competitive advantage, whatever that competitive advantage might be. Um, but it's a matter of enforcing the rules. You know, I mean, it, that's what, you know, if in reality, that's what Houston, let's say, did. But I think what Houston did really crossed the line. It did. We're not yeah. talking about using a chemical, you know, for stickum or or whatnot. I mean, we're talking about stealing signs. Sending signs to people, 
in your order one through nine that the pitcher has completely lost their competitive advantage. Yes. Because, hey, if someone tells me that a fastball is coming and that pitcher throws three other pitches, well, I know to sit on the fastball. Yeah. And that puts me in a much, much greater advantage as a hitter to now I'm really just checking location. When so how many dogs do you have? Oh, yes, we have a guest right behind you. I have two and behind <laughs> me, I technically have four in the house. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. Been, they've been slowly waking their way in behind you. So Yeah, they're, they're, my, they're my work buddies during the day. They're in need of attention, yes. Yeah, no doubt about it. Look, folks, the issues with the Major League Baseball Collective Bargaining Agreement, the players over the years, we've heard them. They are angry with management. And I've compared it to little children that didn't understand the rules. They wanted the cookie, and they reached for it, and they were slapped. I said, no, no, that's not how you do it. And they've been acting that way. When I have contended for years now, the Major League Baseball Players Association gave the house away. They did. Yeah. They allowed for everything to happen. Mr. Clark, I acknowledge your acumen when it comes to baseball, but you have put the players in the position that they're in now. And number one is how the players are being treated on long-term deals. Mm -hmm. The second, which uh, Dre alluded to, was what's happening to players on the back end. Folks, if you have one pitcher that's earning $40 million a year, that's cutting down on the pitchers on the back end and players in the back end. For about seven, eight years now, we've heard wrong side of 30. It's, it's actually... It's come to pass, but it's gotten to the point that it's not an issue of wrong side of 30 now. It's, you know, for the long-term deals, that's what I'm alluding to. No, once you're 30, they're not signing these players. Nope. And that has been the biggest shock to me, is that these older folk are not being given deals. In the last two years, maybe three years, we have seen – maybe middle tier to upper tier, somewhere in there, players sitting well through into spring training without receiving a contract. Yeah. it's And that's what I was talking about earlier is about it's really about these middle tier players. Now, yes. one thing though, Roger, I will say, yes, has, has, the, has the union failed them and the people at the table failed the players? Yes. However – the players, each and every one of them, need to get a little bit more educated on the business acumen of the sport, and they need to yes. read what they're voting for and truly understand it. Maybe each and every one of them should reach out to an attorney or an attorney friend or talk to one of their players on their team who can afford an attorney who's making bigger bucks to give them some guidance as to what they're voting on because I will tell you that the majority of those players – have no idea what the hell they're, they're voting on. They don't. And let me add to that, folks, in real world, as Dre mentioned, management, and I being with the, the non-management, folks, when we win language and it's a big deal, we try to tell the membership, guys, we got real language here, this and this. Do you know what their question is? What's my raise? Exactly. Oh, wait a minute, but, 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 but yeah. we got the – yeah, what's my benefit? But wait, but we, yeah. Do we How get about, any more? Time I off? gave you a raise, but now I'm making you work two hours a day more. 
oh, but we didn't see that. It's I'm making more though a month, but now you're going to work two hours a two hours a day longer. You know that yes. that's to say they're not looking at the total package. They're and they not. have to really analyze and look at the total package on what's best for them. The other part, though, unfortunately, is that probably the majority of the players cannot afford um, a strike or a lockout, and the owners know this because mm-hmm. you have your your higher echelon of players that are making that money. You know, are probably that much compared to that much for the rest of the league. They know that they can't hold out that long. And the longer the owners hold out, the more the players union is going to have to give in. Because yes. the, those players are going to start screaming, they need cash to live. Exactly. Yes. They don't have the nest egg that the other players have. Correct. And so in many ways, the owners know that they have the players by the you-know-whats, by the nuts. And that has changed from the days of Donald Fear. Correct. Because it, I'm not going to say it was more balanced, but the players were prepared. They knew. Correct. And, it, and they prepared years in advance. And oh, yeah. Because and Fear the would tell them. Yes. Fear would tell them, we're going, we're, we're, we need to be prepared for a lockout or we're going on a strike. And they would prepare them in advance. In advance. And, and, and I don't knew. think anybody's prepared today. I don't think people really, truly believed it was going to happen. Right. Right. The only ones that are talking are the bargaining committee people because the mm-hmm. other players don't know. And granted, times know. have changed, whatever. And I'm, I'm not going to go after them for that. But remember in those days when you could ask any player and they could tell you exactly what they were fighting for. Remember the 17% mm-hmm. on the arbitration? That was a big deal. And they fought and they won. Because of the way Major League Baseball did its stuff, kind of like the Chris Bryant situation. It is similar when you look at the arbitration of the 17%. That's a long time ago, folks. Yep. That, that, yeah, that, that's not the point. The players really I, – I don't know, Dre, if there's going to be a deal soon because of the way the players are angry with management. But let me let me read these names off to you, okay? Please. Let me read off the executive board of the union. It consists of eight players. And then tell me what's wrong with this picture. And folks, forgive me a moment. It is right now the expiration of the contract at this moment. In one minute, there's no deal. Lock lock the doors, baby. It's locked. Lock the doors. Players cannot go into the facilities. Can't work out. Can't get treatments. It's done. Everything's on their own. I was hoping this was not going to, but here it is. So let's talk about the executive board of the union, the players union of these eight players. And please start to think about what's wrong with this picture. (laughs) Max Scherzer. Yep. Marcus Simeon. Garrett Cole. Francisco Lindor. Jason Castro. Zach Britton. Andrew Miller. And James Paxton. Teacher, teacher, teacher. <laughs> yes, Roger. What's wrong with this picture? Um, aren't all of them making a lot of apples? Don't they get paid a lot of money? Bingo. And, I mean, really? So does that executive board represent the body of the players that they're supposed to represent? The answer is going to be no because of how much money they're making, which means when they're at that table – and they're giving their input to those that are negotiating on their behalf, 
they're really only trying to look out for themselves. And what the real issue here is about those middle tier players. And again, they're going to get screwed because they don't have that representation there. We've been down this road on these middle tier players before. That was a battle that was fought and won. Oh, I'm sorry. That was decades ago. <laughs> and now we're back to that. And now we're back to it. We're, we've, we've just gone full circle right back. We took, we took one step forward and we went two steps back. Yeah, folks, we are now in a lockout. It's done. What I didn't know, and I thank Dre for making that clear, is they met for, it was said, it was three hours today, right? And then that was it. They were That was it. I think it was around like noon or one o'clock, and poof. They were like, F it, forget it, we're done. We're but, not negotiating today any longer. Yeah. and, and Which is not I, a good sign. No, it's not. Uh, it's not. But gone are the days of Bud Selig with the frowny face and his other guy with the frowny face. Those days are gone where everyone is talking. Yeah. I'm glad that it's more focal. I wish Roger, and I'm going to take something out of, out of a Catholic school where we met that both sides would be cloistered. Like they're voting for the Pope and locked in a room and they're not let out until they can all come to an agreement. I agree. If they were to do that, trust me, we would have an agreement in a lot quicker time frame than we actually will probably end up getting. However, as I said, my gut tells me this will be a uh, a short lockout because I don't think oh. that both sides can afford, from my financial perspective, to go that long. The 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 resident commissioner, ah, um, ah, you know him, that guy, which I love making fun of because the audible pauses are irritating. But anyway. <laughs> It's okay. I, I make fun of that. I know I should not. But uh, he did say, folks, pay attention. The lockout's right now. No games are risked. There's nothing at the moment. If there's going to be a lockout, it's better that it's now and not later. That was interesting that the commissioner himself said that. And, folks, remember, the commissioner of baseball has been neutered ever since Faye Vincent when he actually stood up for us. Remember that? Wow. And there was a coup d'etat. They kicked him out because he yep. stood up for the fans, Faye Vincent. Well, remember, who does the commissioner work for? Well, yeah. he He's always worked for the owners, but Correct. he had powers. The commissioners Correct. did, but they took it away. The commissioner Correct. is now a genuine puppet. Uh, I was going to say uh, like an dip- ambassador. Ambassador. Well, he yeah. does. He does what the owners tell him to do. Yes. So, Dre, if I understand you, you're you're holding out hope then that it's going to be a relatively short lockout. I am holding out hope, and again, you know, I touched on this a little bit in the beginning. I think between the revenue loss over the last couple of years um, for both sides, financially, they've taken a big hit due to COVID. Um, I don't think that they can afford to do that again and to put games at risk, especially when you're talking about, you know, another topic here is that they're talking about expanding the playoffs and having more teams in the playoffs, Um, you know, is another thing of contention. Why do they want to do that? Because they want to make more revenue. It's all about the dollars. Well, yeah. In the beginning. So are we we going to be playing the World Series in December then? (laughs) 
uh, well, we're into November now. Yeah. This was the first year ever that scheduled games were in November. Mm-hmm. The first time ever. So, you know, um, I, I really, I really think that they have, they're going to get something done. Um, my hope is that they get something done by, by early January, first week or two in January would be my, my hope here. They got a little leeway, I think, to get down to the, the end of January. You know, they could go a week or two into February potentially without being overly disruptive. Um, but if it gets anywhere past Valentine's Day, as an example, I mean, it's going to be big trouble. But I think that they will, both sides will hopefully come to their senses. They both can't afford to lock out for that long due to the finances. And money makes everything go round, you know. Money, money is the language that they all talk, and you know, both sides don't want to cut their nose off to spite their face, which is what they do. That will do the longer this goes on, and so you know, I think that they'll have to come to some sort of an agreement together, even if it's potentially, and if the players were smart, try and go for maybe a shorter term agreement. You know, try and get a couple things done you know, have an agreement in place maybe for a couple of years and continue negotiations, you know, and try and work on a longer term deal, you know, well, after they, that. I'm sorry. No, Almighty, well, go ahead. Well, don't they remember what happened in 92, 93? They lost a lot of fans because of that. That's exactly the other piece of it. And I agree, Almighty, you know, and, and I started off the show. What you missed is, you know, I, I was an avid baseball fan with Roger in high school. And yeah, the, 94, the 94, 95 strike, completely ripped my heart out. I did not get back into it until the Angels were going to the World Series. That was like I didn't, I didn't even dude. 2002. I held out for quite some time wow. and my my love for the game has never been the same. It's it's it heals a little bit more each year as we get further and further along, but they cannot afford to have their fans and let's face it, most of the fans that remember 94 95 are just like us right now on this call. We did not like it then. We're not going to like it now. And we are really at a point more so today than we were then to really affect revenue for baseball. Because not, we're, oh, not, we're not going to go to the games, potentially, you know, because we'll, we'll feel alienated. We're gonna, we're not, if we're not going to the games and we're not feeling the love, we're not going to be buying merch. That's not going to be happening. We're probably yeah. not going to be watching the TV, which is going to affect their next, you know, um, TV deal as, as viewership goes down. It's a huge ripple effect. I don't and know it's how all about the money. Yeah, folks, you know, you for those that follow me on Facebook, who are my friends and family on Facebook, and that's everyone I know on Facebook, we went to five stadiums this year. My, my GMO, she is a fanatic in it now, and she purchased a Seattle uh, windbreaker. I thought that was cool. Every stadium she buys something. And I'm glad I'm in the position to be able to do that. And I'm planning five trips this year. But now, oh, my goodness. I wonder how she's going to take it. Yeah. Almighty, what is your opinion on – I know. I don't like playing this game. But it's fair. We're here. We are talking about it. Do you see a quick resolution? Do you see a lo- – no? No resolution? What? The players are mad, dude. They are. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I know that everybody wants a short one, but well, except some women. But 
still. <laughs> Almighty, thank you. Sports talk with the guys. <laughs> but I hope it's a short one. But I, I think it might go if it goes too long. They're going to eliminate. Like I said, they're going to lose fans again. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they want that. So I think they may, I think they'll last, like uh, Dre said, till like close to February if they can, but not endanger the season. Yeah. Because they know that if they try that again, and I guess I was wrong. I said 92, 93 when it was 90. Nah, you're okay. You're okay. We, we know. We, we, yeah. we know. We understand. But, you know, if they do that again, and, you know, and like, Everyone knows last year they played what in 2020 that 90 game season. Oh, no fan, I know. And no fans in the stadium. Yeah. I mean, exactly. No, no revenue. No revenue. So how can they? They ha- can't. Either neither side can let this thing go because baseball could probably go broke because they just can't. They'll do well, something to make sure people get well, paid. But I'm, I, I'm I'm with Dre that it might go past in the January and. Just in time for the pitchers and catchers to show up. Uh, yeah, yeah the, uh, out hope. they're, they're going to have to get a deal done by then, because if not, they really start to put a lot of things in jeopardy. But there's a lot of stuff on the calendar that will throw baseball. There is. There's going to be some issues. There's Hopefully, be. they'll be able to be resolved, but uh, we'll see. Right, folks, well, I am an eternal optimist. I'm hoping. I got, I got one for you. The last deal to get done tonight. Oh, yeah, right go Before ahead. the lockout. The Red Sox have officially traded to get Jackie Bradley Jr. back into a Red Sox uniform from the wow. Milwaukee Braves for Hunter Renfro and um, some other um, prospects as well. So okay. that was the last deal to get done right before lockout was done. So that's the final one? Yeah. That's the final that's one. It, it, it wow. literally broke down right before. Damn. All right. Folks, okay. I don't know what your thoughts are. I'm, I, I, I see the numbers of the people that are watching us, and I'm a tad disappointed that there are no comments. But I do want to thank you that you've been watching and following, folks. But this is one of the quieter programs we've ever had. But this is the professionals. This is what we've done over the years where we handle a topic or two and we spend time talking about it. I'm not saying the professionals has returned. I can only tell you that there will be more opportunities where we spend – a at most an hour, but the conversation has been great. I don't want to take because Almighty's already into tomorrow, and I know, no. I, I know my brother, member of management. I cannot steal him from the duty that he does of <laughs> where he does. But I, I meant to tell them that the professionals goes anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour at most. And we've already gone over, and I don't want to take any more of their time because they were so gracious on joining me tonight. Several of the regulars that were going to be here weren't able to make it tonight. So when the program started and Dre was there, oh, I mean, did I tear, Dre? <laughs> <laughs> you, you may not have seen it because the light was blinding it, but the tear came. And then Almighty, thank you for joining us. I'm, I'm really happy, guys. This was well, really It was good. a pleasure. It was thank you for having me, Roger. Uh, Dre, this was great. Enjoyable. Hopefully I'm not cutting you guys off, but I nope. do want to respect your time as well because – we can do this, and I invite you guys to whenever you want to do another professional again, professionals again, let me know. This is where we spend time. Folks, I am ripping off the ESPN, the reporters on Sunday morning. Remember them? Yep. This is the West Coast version. They're gone. 
my hope was to have a West Coast version. And that's what the professionals are. Well, I really loved, remember the show, I forgot what it was called, with everybody smoking the cigars around the round table, talking about sports, and everybody had a cocktail or something on the table. It was way, way back in the, in the late 80s. You're about. There yeah, was smoke all over in the room. There were like four or five guys. Yeah, I was going to say, it had to have been a long time ago. They can't, oh, yeah. They say, we're was, outside smoking cigars today. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, gentlemen, <laughs> if we do these professionals more, we'll talk about how we'll do that. And maybe we'll have a drink or a cigar. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> moving forward, it would be fun. But like I say, it is during the week right now. I'm glad we had a chance to talk about it. I think all three of us are hopeful that something will be done. The stakes are way too high. Baseball, we have not forgotten 1994 and 1995. You guys knew what was happening for the longest time. A lot of you were not there, but it took a long time for baseball to recover. It took a magical run of two players to begin to bring the fans back. And even then, it still did not recover. It still took time. And if you look at your attendance figures, Major League Baseball, this prior to COVID, you cannot afford to hurt the fans. Yeah, I get it. I and get this, it. And our generation that clearly remembers 94, 95, we're not buying the cheap seats anymore. We buy the field seats. We buy the suites. We don't want to be alienated. You're really going to lose big money, Major League Baseball. I think that that was my last take. That might have been Dre's almighty. Last take, buddy. Well, something. Can you hear me? Sure can. We can. Yep. Something's. I'm getting frozen, but it doesn't matter. I'm just saying. I just hope it's a short, short uh, lockout, and we get back to baseball, get back to business as usual. Yes. Thank you, folks. Uh, again, Dre. Thank you, Almighty. Thank you, everyone who's been with us, folks. Thank you for joining us. We will be on Saturday Sports Talk with the guys. And uh, like I said, you ever want to come and spend time, talk sports, go ahead, join us. Catch us on our Facebook page, Sports Talk with the guys. All of our programs are on the Facebook page, NDB Media. You can find us on our YouTube channels as well, Sports Talk with the guys and NDB Media. We, we, we are, we're flattered and blown away with our audience. We are thankful that you spend time with us. I do want to tell Dre one thing. That when he called in on on Block Talk Radio, when he was done, the big dog, I, and everyone else were like, that's a football coach. That was a football coach. <laughs> and little did I know it was my classmate from the That's right, ago. baby. You got us good, dude. I had no idea that the football was your thing. But we'll talk about it another day. It's, as I said, that changed after that 94-95 strike. Yeah. It took me a while to get back. So hopefully we don't go to that again. All right, folks, these are the professionals. That's Almighty. That's Dre. I'm Scorekeeper. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys on the other side. Thank you for joining us. And baseball, get your act together. It's $10 billion. Don't tell me there's not enough money. Amen. (laughs) Yes. We'll see you guys on the other side. Peace. Good night. Good night.